Hello, party people. This is the Just Ideas podcast. My name's Andy. I'm with Andy, and these are Just Ideas. In today's episode, we talk about how in the 1890s you had to suffer. And Andy Yurt claims that marriage is like digging a hole. And finally, how we've lost all our accountability without our Uncle Louie. Mr. McIntyre is sitting on the porch one summer night with his father, Mr. McIntyre. And as a younger, heavier-set gal pedals through in front of the house, Mr. McIntyre Sr. pulls the cigarette from his lips and yells, Get a job, you fat hippie! And the gal yells back, Okay, boomer. Mr. McIntyre Jr. nudges his dad and says, Dad, you can't say that type of stuff. That's incredibly rude. But Mr. McIntyre Sr. just grumbles and hands the cigarette to his son. So my question is, does this little story say something bigger about the rise of the individual and the demise of the community? Well, that's one of uh, the things that we have been thinking and talking about is this idea that when we look at the outcomes of society today in terms of how, how, good are, how effective are people at taking care of themselves, how successful are, are they in their, um, in, in their marriages as a parent, being able to work, um, and, and so forth, that these outcomes uh, statistically seem to be going down. And then everyone's asking, what is it about, was it about society? One thing that rightfully um, people your age can say is if there's something wrong with young people, there was something wrong with their parents who raised them. What I think is society changes, and then we all act normally within society as it is. Okay, so like societal norms as our parameters? Is that what It isn't even really societal norms, but it's... You know, I'm in 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 the in the podcast where we were yelling at each other about the old people and 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 the young people. I was suggesting that it's going to be a lot of work if your generation's going to make big strides on the environment, right. because it's going to take sacrifice and it's going to take suffering. Well, if we set up a society where you don't have to sacrifice, you don't have to suffer. Put me down for people aren't going to do it. But you know, if you're living in 1890. You have no choice but to sacrifice and to suffer, right? So the, it isn't that societal norms, it's like the environment of society. And if the environment is, everything's a click away. Hey, have you heard this funny joke? I, 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 well, it's not going to be funny to you. But, but, <laughs> but I think like every group of old people says that the young people are no good. Right. So I start thinking, when you guys are old, what the hell are you going to say? No oh, and I was your age, and we wanted something. We had to move our arm. I mean, is that what you're <laughs> going to say, right? So the point is, the e- if it gets easier, people just don't get good at suffering and sacrifice through no fault of their own. It's not a societal norm. We set up a society that's easy. You get people who aren't good at hard. Yeah, well, I think... Honestly, you may be onto something with that. It's not societal norms like those small things, but what is the role of society, period? And like you said, in 1890, it was harder. Why is it harder? Well, taking it back even further, say, when you're um, in the 1700s, right, and you're a Native American living in your tribe, then you absolutely rely on the brothers and sisters that are around you, and you cannot survive or succeed, whatever the measure of success is in that community, However, you can't do it because you're codependent on one another. So, through no fault of our own, maybe, transportation has opened up our range of life. Technology has allowed us to do more things and more things for ourselves. And so, we've become more independent, which has diminished 
our Excellent. need for the community. Oh, you like this? <laughs> the I need like for the community. It. And let me finish it out. So there now feels, and this is the controversial part, that there is nothing to be gained from the society as it once was, and that now whenever society starts to do wacky things like, you know, riots or racial injustice, then it starts to change the perception that society is not giving us something to gain, but it's causing us to lose something. So we begin to condemn our society and rely more on ourselves. And now I don't know if that's sustainable or not, but that feels like the state of affairs that we currently occupy. The first part was so genius, I stopped listening to the second part. (laughs) But I think what you said in the first part was that people used to need their community. And what I think is we still need our community, but we don't know it. Here's an example. I'm currently going through the demise of my marriage. The problem with my marriage was I picked out my own spouse. See, (laughs) this is a horrible idea. Most people aren't very good at picking out their spouse. They they go out into society and they find someone who's completely the opposite of them. And you don't know this yet because you're not married. Have, Have you ever heard this? Single people wish they were married. Married people wish they were dead. (laughs) <laughs> right. So what they do is 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 you go out into society, you find someone who's the opposite of you. And again, I don't know if you're going to get it, but married people get this. You find someone who's the opposite of you. And when you're dating him, you're like, this seems interesting. And then once you marry him, you're like, the hell have I done? <laughs> right. And it, it, it's completely opposite. So what happened in the old days is you couldn't just go out and pick your own spouse. Every community had an extended family. Let, let's say we're we're talking 50 to 100 years ago. People lived near their extended family. And the advantage of an extended family is every extended family has at least one smart person. Let's call him Uncle Louie. Okay. I had an Uncle Louie. I'm like, Uncle Louie, how you doing? He'd be, I'm not living and I'm not dead. You know, that was his <laughs> worldview. But Uncle Louie's very smart. You came up with a dumb idea. Uncle Louie would tell you it's a bad idea. Hey, Uncle Louie, look at my girlfriend. Don't marry her. And the thing is, you would you would take Uncle Louie's advice because he was like the respected person within the clan. And you grew up seeing that Uncle Louie was smarter than everybody. And you don't wear that shirt to get an interview. Don't take that stupid job. Don't treat your brother like that way. You know, you have trouble with your dad, come and live with Uncle Louie for a little bit. But it's it, you do need a community. And now... Without a community, without Uncle Louie stopping you from doing stupid things, people are wearing pajamas to class. <laughs> they're wearing pajamas to the liquor store. Walmart. They're, 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 they're dating dysfunctional people, right? They're taking stupid jobs. They're getting ridiculous college majors. Nobody's making them study. They're borrowing too much money without Uncle Louie's permission. So we do need a community, and we don't have a community, so we get to do lots of stupid stuff. Yeah, I I see what you're saying, and I think that we don't care. Like young people? Yeah, don't as care. As a collective, they don't, don't care. Don't give a damn what anybody thinks. I think people would rather learn the hard way rather than someone trying to tell them the easy way and say, try this. They say, screw you. I don't want that. I'd prefer to fail on my own. Like, let me fail is maybe some rhetoric. Well, it's not black and white. And certainly there was a lot of I need to learn on my own in the old days. But I think the new, the new one is I don't want to learn. It's going to be how I want it to be. So the answer is, I got no job, I got no money, I got no girlfriend. It's not me, they still think, right? Right. It's society's fault. The government needs to get me a girlfriend. The government (laughs) needs, even if you're a Republican, their first ones start bitching when there's a problem, right? If you hate the government, don't blame the government. That's the answer. 
Okay. Right? But it's like, you know, some it's you. You don't have a girlfriend, you don't have a job. Like that it's it's you and Uncle Louie could help you. But either there is no Uncle Louie or you're not listening to Uncle Louie. So it wasn't that he controlled us, but we saw, it's like a tribe. We saw him as the wise elder, and we would ask Uncle Louie what we're supposed to do. Right, and then I think people disdain that, and they say, well, then I'll only ever end up as good as Uncle Louie, and maybe there's some faults to Uncle Louie, and it's like, well, I don't want to be like Uncle Louie. I'll try my own thing just because they don't want to follow the norm, which admittedly, probably in the 1950s, you know, or in the 1850s, you'd see like, oh, my father's a blacksmith. I will become a blacksmith, and then my only my life will only cap out at blacksmith. And I was actually talking on the Layers podcast with Landon Wolf, and Landon Wolf had said to us that you can only go as far as your perception will take you, where if you're, if you're growing up in an impoverished community and the richest person in the community is, you know, the manager at a grocery store, then it's like that's the only way that you can judge, like, how far you can go. So if Uncle Louie is seen as the wise man, but maybe he's only, you know, a car salesman, let's just say, not to say car salesmen are bad or whatever, it's just maybe not the most lucrative position in the world, then maybe they say, well, I don't want to be like Uncle Louie because I'll become a car salesman, and I'd like to, I'd like to be the dealership manager, right? The problem there is you're being a young person looking at our great system, and you're assuming, what if you have a crummy Uncle Louie? The idea is you never have a crummy Uncle Louie. It doesn't matter what Uncle Louie is. He's wise. So Uncle Louie would be the one who knows that you can only accomplish what you dream. So Uncle Louie might take you in his car, drive you downtown, show you something, or introduce you to something, right? And now what happens in people skills is you got some schmo, that's me, telling you stuff, and you're like, okay, boomer. Right. Because they have no respect for me. They don't listen. Right. But see, the thing is, you had respect for Uncle Louie, because the question is, who can tell you something where you actually shut down what you believe and open up to the possibility that this person knows more than me? So Uncle Louie was wise and knew things he himself may not have accomplished. But the point of the story was people respected Uncle Louie and wanted to hear what Uncle Louie thought. Right. Instead of knowing they were right and not needing to listen to anybody. Okay, so I think to spin it is we've been talking a lot about how our society has lessened as a role and the individual has, you know, come as the champion. And it's like you do as you feel convicted to do with no regard for the consequences. And I think just to one quick little detour is you mentioned how you think it's because people don't want to learn. I would suggest that maybe it's because they don't want to take personal responsibility and yeah. accountability. And so therefore yeah. it's like, well, it's not my fault. It's not my problem. Or, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit like shame where it's like, oh, I did something wrong and you're telling me it was wrong. You're shaming me. That's not okay. But perhaps these people that are shaming quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here is just an uncle Louie saying, well, you shouldn't do that because here's why X, Y, and Z. And we just take it as you are, you are tr- attacking my individualism, you're attacking my identity, and you don't know me, and I'm going to do my own thing. So I think it's that lack of personal responsibility that does a lot of people in in this life, yeah. and they don't get far because they're like, well, it's never my fault. And there's a book, you know, we've talked about it before. It's a subtle art not Wait, you say enough. too many things. You got, I know, got like I know, I get excited. You got eight things, and I can't remember. And okay. like, that's a good one, that's a good one, this one comes in. So spin off this. Wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Accountability. Right. The community held you accountable. Right, but maybe they should By shaming them. Yes, thank you. You, were, you don't want Uncle Louie to be ashamed of you. You right. don't want your family to be ashamed of you. But now it's like, just like you said, you don't know me. I'm my own dog. Right. You know, all, all this stuff. But yeah, the community would shame you. So 
I did, I taught this executive MBA class in Abu Dhabi and Dubai a couple times a year. I'd go over there for one or two weeks, Abu Dhabi and or Dubai, and they had arranged marriages. And you go tell in America, America, we need arranged marriage, they're going to tell you it's insane. Right. Especially these young people. They know exactly who to marry. Right? So here's how it worked. You would go to your smartest aunt, aunt whoever, and say, hey, I'm thinking about getting married. And aunt would go, all right, I know a couple good families. Let's look over their daughters. Right? And then you're like, okay, you know, look, look at this girl. I'm like, and, and, you know, she seems nice. And then uh, your, your aunt would go to their family's aunt, and their aunt would say, no, no, I think our family's better than your family. I don't think we can. And like, no, 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 our family, so-and-so's done such and such, such and such, right? So the point of the story is there's a lot of things here. But the first thing is you have to behave yourself or you're going to diminish your sister's ability to marry into a good family because your family has to be good. Otherwise, members of your family can't marry into good families. So you got 12 siblings, right? You got five, five sisters. Well, you, got, you can't jack around in high school. You got to get good grades. You can't get arrested because you're messing up your sister's future. You're being shamed into good behavior. So you're saying that shame is kind of like a tool for society or a family institution to say, this is how you're supposed to act. And when you act out of line, we'll shame you. And that's good. Is that what you're asserting? That kind of shame, I think, is good, right? I mean, in that way, right, that, that you are letting down your family. But, it, you know, and I, people are listening, I'm sure they're rolling their eyes, because it seems like the idea that what my brother does reflects on me is a bad idea, you know, is not fair. Right. I completely agree, but we've got all of these diminished outcomes. People aren't taking care of themselves, right? People aren't staying in their marriages, my, myself included. Right. And and these these other negative outcomes. So every there's another thing America doesn't understand. Every (laughs) single thing has a good part and a bad part. So there's a bad part. Right. Of shame. Right. Other people reflect on you. But there's a good part, too. And that is somebody's holding you accountable, especially when you're young, because if you're not held accountable when you're young, you may not have grown up able to hold yourself accountable. Right. Because you can't really expect 12-year-olds to hold themselves accountable, as (laughs) we do in the modern world. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. I think what you're saying is there's a bad and a good side to shame. I was looking at some psychological studies, as I like to do, and it says that maybe your good version of shame is what they call guilt, where it's justified in the sense where it's like, I feel guilty for maybe smoking, right? In the sense where it's like, I know this is harmful to the people around me and to myself, where shame makes people feel flawed about themselves. Shame is like, you know, oh, you know, you should feel bad because you have this quality, right? Um, I think people get that mixed up. And Dr. Brown from that uh, psychology study says that um, his patients, they'll spiral downwards. So as you have shame, it accumulates because you feel, so you feel bad about something. Then feeling bad about feeling bad sends you further down and that's the way it goes. So I think maybe a better way of saying it is like, if we feel guilty and guilt comes from personal accountability, like, I stole something and it seemed like a white lie or whatever, and it's small. It's like, oh, I feel guilty because I know it's not right. And shameful would be like, you just thought about doing it, you know, or whatever. And so there might be an id and an ego there or Jekyll and a Hyde type thing. What do you think? Yeah, I think I, I like it because, you know, feeling the inner shame that we feel, yeah. you know, causes people to have addiction problems and depression and, and all these other things. So it's not that kind of shame, but it's, it's you feel like your word. You feel guilty for not 
holding yourself accountable. Right. And then there's actually, um, this actually pops up a lot in pop culture. I don't know if you ever watch or have seen the show South Park, um, but they take on a lot of like social issues nowadays. They've moved from, you know, you know, toilet jokes to this, but there's a character in one of those episodes called reality and reality, reality tries to tell people like, you know, you should feel bad, like feel bad for some things. It's never okay to always feel good because likely you're wrong. Right. And so reality's on this stage. He takes the mic at some, you know, at a cancer benefit, I think for uh, the character Cartman. And he's saying like, feel bad. Like it's like trying to promote this idea of shame and people reject reality is his name. You know, they named him reality, of course. And like, so there's an equate, equation that they make here that's like reality is equal to feeling bad because we're not all that good of people right and like shame seems to work like we shame smokers like when we're walking into walmart here in stillwater and there's someone smoking and maybe you go you cough and go and then when you approach them you like cough louder you know trying to get their attention that like hey feel bad about this or we shame and this actually one had this one had um some outlash to it where we'd shame teen pregnancies and people are like well they're making their own choices for their own bodies and their own sexual decisions and it's like yeah and also you're becoming pregnant at an age where it's disadvantageous to so it's like is that shame is that guilt you know um and like some shame has been like we shame people that are homophobic and with the smoker example maybe that's good that we shame you maybe that's reality like hey you can't just you know smoke and expect to live a good life you know so is there a place to equate this is the question because i say a lot to equate shame and reality well, the reality thing is certainly, um, I'm all for it. And we have that video out where I had to answer all the insults. We need to do this again. Because I just, I stand in my class and they get to vote with their anonymous app on their phone, you know, where they rank me as a professor. Right. And I didn't do very well this semester. It might be <laughs> the lowest I've ever been. Dang. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. why? Why do you think that is? Well, I, I told him I take 100% responsibility for it. Yeah. I said, I blame, I'm, I'm not looking for excuses. No. I just have to be better. I said, so I was thinking about how could I get you to like me more and rank me higher. Right. I said, well, the first thing that popped into my head is I can stop telling you the truth. Because <laughs> every time I tell him the truth, you get pissed off. Yeah, we talked now, about Now, what that. I think is, yeah, yeah. The, so the truth makes you unhappy right. in the short term, but we think it makes you happy in, in the long term. That's our hope, right? Episode 7, we talked about you can't handle the truth, and people prefer to deny, 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 instead of, you know, accepting a hard truth. So let me, so let me go back. Here's the truth about marriage. Let me go back to my arranged okay, marriage thing that I'm selling. Gotcha. Okay? So single people, you can't fathom what marriage is like i think single people think marriage is like granted you may not want to listen to all the subtleties (laughs) of me today but um i think single people say being married is like the jerry Maguire movie which we described as the worst movie ever this person completes me they make me happier right right marriage is like we're knocking the table over here in the studio (laughs) marriage is like trying to dig a hole to China with your spouse throwing the dirt back in the hole as you shovel it out. Like, that's what it out. It's indescribable compared to what you thought that it was. So the idea that somebody could pick somebody for you to have a marriage with shocks Americans. But what I'm suggesting is your smartest aunt could pick somebody Because she's wise, like Uncle Louie, she could pick somebody for you 
who is because she she can see the truth about you so she knows what your flaws are right. so if you're like a schemer dreamer and you don't have a lot of follow-through she may trade appearance for someone who's sort of a hard worker and a good organizer because she knows that's what you need so your aunt can see the truth you can't see the truth Right. A lot of women, you know, marry a dumbass with a nice ass. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, well, your whole your whole life's a mess. Like, yes, he's good looking, but he doesn't work and he's a horrible father. Marriage is about digging the hole and taking care of the kids. So your aunt can see the truth, pick somebody. And since marriage is really digging a hole, I realize I'm on a rant. But a lot of kids see this in college. As kids start going away to college, your parents suddenly have nothing to do. Can't watch every single sporting event you have, every single show you're in. Can't help you with your homework every single night. All that's left to do is talk to your spouse. Suddenly you're looking across the table, who the hell is this, <laughs> right? And, and the whole thing starts to unravel. Point is, your family, your obligations and digging the hole actually held you together. It wasn't some you know, magical love that lasted for 30 years. It wasn't they completed me. It's eh, they're pretty good at digging the hole and taking care of the kids. So your aunt can pick someone out for you who's good at digging the hole with you and taking care of the kids. And bizarrely, you know, you can fall in love with anyone if you're digging the hole together and it's going well. So if you find someone compatible who's worthy and equal, love will grow instead of picking someone Who's the romantic love and finding out that we can't get the whole? Are we allowed to say that? Going anywhere? <laughs> we did already. So, um, I will. Okay, so to tie it back to the whole idea of this topic here, how can we tie that analogy into either shame or individualism? Because the way I see it is like maybe the root of this is just instead of feeling defensive, you know, in the fact it's like you're shaming me. Perhaps we lead with an open mind to say okay, why are you shaming me for smoking? We'll just say, because it's a classic example. Why are you shaming me for smoking? Instead of just saying, you are, you're shaming me. Say, okay, what are this person's reasons? You know, maybe they're rude about it. Maybe they're insincere about it, but there's a reason behind it. Um, and you start to discover like, oh, maybe this activity should be, you know, not condoned, right? And condemned instead to stop just the behavior because maybe the behavior itself isn't all that good. Would you agree? So, yes, to, to, to put, a, to put a, a lid on the topic... I would say that the retreat of community, the rise of the individual, has taken away community's ability to hold people accountable through guilt. Let's use that word. Yes. Right? And since the individual has risen, there is no more guilt. And since there is no more guilt, there is no more accountability. Right. And people think, what I think is true, what I feel is real and valued... And what, you know, my thoughts on a matter, can't, like, I feel this class is no good. I feel this guy's a jerk. I think he's wrong. Like, all that stuff's crapola, yeah. right? I mean, Uncle Louie is right. Listen to Uncle Louie and be what you think is wrong because you're only 20 or 30 or 40, whatever. You know nothing about it. Right. So we've got no, you know, that nobody's holding their thoughts and feelings accountable. They're all believing their thoughts have values, their feelings have values, but it's totally disconnected. From, it's totally unchecked. Nobody is telling you as you grow up, 
that's not a good feeling. That's not a good thought. And that's what, you know, I, I like it. Uncle Louie was really the disappointment panda from our book. <laughs> you went around, to, or reality from your show, going around telling everybody the truth. So the truth matters less to the individual than the truth mattered to the community because the community, because it's your wisest member, would keep people tethered to reality. And as an individual, you can be completely detached with reality. And I love the way the idea just evolves while we're talking about it. Yeah. This is what it is. Our society is disconnected from reality. And the individual would be disconnected from the reality. Bam! <laughs> Bam, that's how it ends it off. We'll end there. And for Just Ideas, my name's Andy, and I'm with Andy. <laughs>